I mean, I probably get paid more as a phone sex operator than as a singer. <laughs> you know I'm recording, right? This I need you to do, right? I need you to say. That's an edit. Oh no, that's You know what? That may actually start the show. The secrets of the rap game exposed! This is... We have Miss Jackie Reed on deck, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. Give it up. She's a manager of hip hop. She says she's retired, but I brought her out of retirement. But anyway, look, this was recorded at Panera Bread. Okay, free pub. So next time I want to check for this. But anyway, management. How are you supposed to manage an artist and y'all ain't got nothing to manage? So we're gonna lay this all out for you dudes in this episode. Now y'all need to listen. What could management do for an artist? I'm Jackie Reed, and this is Real Rap. Management, in my eyes, what they do for an artist is make certain that everything that they need to have together in order to do their job is done. Whether that be making certain that they have studio time, they have meetings with producers, they have meetings with photographers, whatnot. It's not so much as an assistant, but making certain that all the business aspects is taken care of. Because a lot of people will get it confused with an assistant. Well, oh, you're just answering their phone calls and this, that, and the other. No, no, I'm not your personal assistant. I'm making certain you get the jobs and you get to the jobs and you get them done. Um, it's not so much as a booking agent or anything like that. You know, it's, it's managing an artist's time. You know, like, it, like even in any regular job, you have a manager who's managing different employees and, and what they're what they're working on, how long they're working on it, and so forth. Same thing with an artist. You want to make certain that all their time is allotted for, for what they need to take care of, and they're taking care of those things in order to get their record done or their promotion done or whatever the case might be. So, because, you know, artists... Always scream they need a manager. Now, we, see this on, we see this on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I see it. They scream, I need a manager. Now, what does an artist need before they go to a manager? Money. Real shit. Excuse me. No, no, you can say shit, fuck, whatever. Okay. You, this is real rap. Um, there's a lot of artists out there who are, you know, struggling artists they don't realize that it takes money in order to make money they think that all the money should go into their studio time or their outfits but what they need to do is invest in their promotion and the team that they have behind them if you pay a manager to do what they're supposed to do Half of these artists wouldn't be struggling where they're at now. A lot of artists 
that I've come across want you to work for nothing. And they'll put together these little bullshit contracts saying, oh, well, when I make it big, you'll get 10%. Okay, when you make it big. But in the meantime, you're still not investing money into the things that you need to invest in. Making certain, you know, you've got all your copyrights done. Y'all, you know, you're asking, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, half these guys don't even know what it goes into doing distribution. You know, but then again, if you had a good manager, you really wouldn't have to worry about that. So how much money are we talking about before an artist goes to a manager? Rough the ballpark or exact? Um, you know, that, that kind of varies, you know. I mean, a lot of managers will do a percentage, you know, um, and they'll work with them. But it, it, it really is dependent on how... how hot that artist might be or could be you know um, I know that if for me in taking my time out of my day to spend doing anything as a manager for an artist um, you know I'm not looking at fifty dollars or $100, especially if I know it's going to get them seen or heard. And as you as they get more successful, the managers that are out there who are working with the bigger stores, they, they don't get paid chunk change. You know, so it's all dependent on the manager. It's all dependent on the management company and what they're willing to negotiate. I don't think that some of these artists understand and, and it's not a service that's, you know, a fee by service, you know, like where they, okay, well, I worked for you just on this video shoot or this album or whatever and it's only gonna cost you this much money it's more like okay this is how much my time is worth and we're going to be spending at least this many hours a week on it and this is what the average cost should be so basically what you're telling me and the audience out there <coughs> that a manager is now an employee a very high priced employee because well let me ask you this who controls what? Because there's a big argument. Okay, um, I've heard that the manager controls the artist. I've heard also too the artist controls the manager. Then I've heard it's a team effort. It depends on the artist, the manager, and the situation. Because you, I know I've seen all of those scenarios. You have managers who are very strong in what they do and will demand a certain degree of, co of uh, cooperation. Mm -hmm. 
and responsibility upon the artist. And, and the real way I kind of look at it, and I know there's going to be people that get mad at me for this, managers sometimes are babysitters. This is why I've had to scale back in doing anything as a manager because I'm too grown to be babysitting grown men. I really am. You know, and basically that's what they are. They're babysitters, you know. It's like they they are a nanny who sets up play dates for these 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 children to go play. And when they play, they play with others, you know, that make money. Of course, you know, that's a good thing, but they're still children. They act like children. They got to be treated like children. They they have egos that are very sensitive and gentle like children. You got to, you know, you almost have to, you have to coddle them just like children. Um, but then, you know, you have artists that are very strong in their opinions and about what they expect and what their vision is and what their idea of, of what their music and their art is going, uh, direction it's going to. And they will put their foot down and they will be like stubborn asses. They won't move until they're ready. You know, uh, and then you've got the last one where you have the cooperative team. You work for me, I'll work for you, we'll work together and get this job done. So it's, it's, there's not one particular way of a manager handling an artist. It's just whatever the situation might be dependent on the manager, on the artist, and how they interact. The talent level of the artist when they go to a manager, where, where should this talent level be? Because, you know, I've, I've seen certain people on my Facebook page holler, they need management. But these dudes still rap in a closet. Okay. No, you can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> they rap in a closet. Because um, they're going to listen to the show. And they know who I'm talking about. They still rap in a the closet. They're, <laughs> they get um, free music off the internet. And... The recording quality is pitiful, but yet they have big visions. Big visions is fine. Okay. They're okay. They, they need work. They need refinement. But, you know, I, I see I need management. They'll post this on, you know, just on their Facebook page. I need. What they need to realize before they get management is that they need to do development. And if they have the right manager, even if they got just a, a lower level manager who's just starting out or who doesn't have as many connects as, as some of these other managers out there do, they still need development. They still need to hone their skills. They still need to get that experience in performing. And they need to get their shit together. They need to realize that they need to become a total package because if you're not a total package, there's no sense in putting yourself out on the market. The whole idea... Ooh, I'm buzzing. Excuse me. <laughs> the whole idea of having management is you are ready to market yourself. 
And if you haven't done your homework and done your work and exercise and, and training and all that, and it, there's no sense in going out there and shopping. You know, it's like you're going to sell something that's incomplete, that's not even put together, that's built or anything. Who's going to want to buy that? I know I'm not going to want to buy that. I know I don't want to, you know, have to be the one selling it either. You know, but if you want to go out and look for management, that's fine. But realize that maybe before you start making big plans about how you're going to make it big, you need to work on your skills, whether that be, you know, um, your skills as, as an artist, whether it's your, your skills uh, as a performer, you know, whatever it might be, you know, making certain that everything is on point before you go and present yourself to a record label. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Now, in today's internet age, does an artist really need a record label? They don't if they want to remain independent. However, the thing about record labels is that they're going to give you that money so that you don't have to really spend your own money up front. Mm -hmm. I mean, essentially it is your money, but it's kind of like they're giving you a pay advance so that you can take care of the things that you need to take care of. And then once you start bringing in the profits, then they'll just take back from from that. Yeah, but we all know, you know, a record contract, that's uh, literally uh, signing your blood away to the devil. You're going to get locked up. You know, they give you $5, you know, the tax on that. Well, that's the chance you take. That's the chance you take, you know, but that's the game we all play, even in life, without having to deal with record labels just in general. When you're dealing with everyday life situations you got to sign your life away for everything record labels are no different however in some cases they are the devil's right hand so, so as a man what what was the positive things that you've seen and done and the negative things that you've seen and done as a manager? Positive things is when you take an artist that is known but not known quite as well as they should be and they go from maybe doing you know a show once every three months to doing six shows a month and then they start seeing some profit from it you know you're getting them shows where they can actually make some money um, you know that's that's one thing that I think is a is a positive because you, you know when you take somebody who's just starting out who hasn't had that experience and chance to really get that exposure and now that they are you know, that's that's a great feeling to know that you've helped somebody get to that point and, and then watching them grow 
And when you watched them when they first came into the with you to, you know, let's say when you, you know, when, when they leave out, it's, it's again, here it goes with the child analogy. It's like watching your baby grow up. It really is. You know, the, the bad side about it is, again, sometimes artists are temperamental. They're like children having tantrums. I want it my way or no way at all. I know what I want. I know what my vision is, this, that, and the other. And it's like sometimes, okay, I understand what your vision is. But how practical is it? And you're not big enough yet, like your Lil Wayne or anybody out, you Wiz Khalifa out there, you know, where you can be off the wall and everybody's just going to accept it. You know, uh, you're not quite there yet. So sometimes, you know, yes, you have to take a risk, but sometimes you have to, you know, really think, are those risks worth taking when you haven't quite made it to where you want to be yet? And of course, you know, as a manager with artists, you know, the hardest thing is balancing personal life with business, mm -hmm. because when you're when you're in the entertainment industry, it's twenty four seven, and most of the time, everything is late at night. And when you have a family, sometimes that conflicts, and that's hard. Uh, conflicts would be spending time with your kids instead of being at a show but you gotta be at the show because that's what you're hired to do you know um, you be in the middle of a family outing and you get a call and saying hey you know we want to talk business about your artists. You got to stop in the middle of what you're doing to to talk business because again, it's a 24/7 type of thing. It doesn't doesn't ever end. It doesn't ever stop. It has no hours. It has no logic to it. And children don't understand that. They just know that you're taking time away from them to do this other stuff. And what about if you still have regular employment? Oh. That's even worse. Because I remember many nights going to shows, being out to shows till the close of the club, 2 o'clock, getting home 2.30, 3 o'clock, and then having to wake up at 5 o'clock to go to work and working in 12-hour shift. There were some weekends, I think I only got three hours of sleep the whole weekend. I literally used to not sleep at all from Friday to Sunday. And it wears on you. And I did this not as a young person, but, you know, in my late 30s. We won't go into how old I am, but 
late 30s. We'll leave it at that. Well, it started with, you know, just meeting people on Facebook. Um, I started meeting quite a few artists from California on Facebook. And I started meeting people locally on Facebook. And I ended up meeting one particular local rapper. You can say his name. Goes by Young and Voorhees. So Youngin. <laughs> you know, um, ended up getting involved with him and helping him out to really get himself out there. Uh, when I met him, he was doing a few shows every so often. Um, and him and his, well, I guess you could say crew, I don't know what, what, what's a better word for it, but... Entourage. On, you know, I, entourage. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I want to say entourage because they're not all really his entourage. They're, they're, they, they go, they call themselves the Moet family, you know, what, what not, um, you know, and, and, and they make a lot of music together. And it went from us just hanging out and, and being friends to me helping him out quite a bit with getting him booked for shows and getting him um, hookups with some people and, and, and helping him uh, work out distribution with uh, different companies that he, you know he has distribution with. And that, that's pretty much it. That's how I kind of got into it. And I've always been a fan of music in general, but hip-hop, you know, as, as a whole, you know. Growing up in California, we had a lot of different variety of music, and hip-hop was definitely one of those influences. Um, so that's how I ended up in it. And it, I know I'm not... A lot of people, when they look at me, they don't see hip-hop. No, I see corporate America, but anyway. Well, that's true, you know, and, it, and that's one of the things is that when I would go to shows, I stood out like a sore thumb because I was always different, you know. I didn't have the, the typical hip-hop female vibe or look going on. You know, I, I, I certainly don't talk like it. I don't either. This is just an act. You know, oh, this is not an act. This is just who I am. And, you know, it's, it's, just, it's as straight as it gets, you know. But, it you know, it's um, I've had people many times going, you know, when I walk in, they're like, oh, are you here to see the owner? No, I'm, I'm here with my artist. Oh. Oh. You're here with an artist? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so you're a manager. Uh, if that's what you want to call me, okay. You know, they're like, oh, but you like hip-hop music? Yeah, is there a problem? Oh, no, 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 no. 
I didn't know that hip-hop music, you had to look a certain way. Yeah, there's a hip-hop look. And you had to act a certain way and talk a certain way. At times, yeah. Yeah, I don't fit none of that. I'm sorry. No. Like I said, I see straight corporate America, you know. I, you know, business suits. But I, no, no, not never business suits, but a little bit more sophistication, I guess you could say. Yeah, business suit. Blackberries. <laughs> Bluetooth. Yeah, I, I do have my Bluetooth. I don't have the Blackberry. I don't wear the suits, but I do wear, you know, clothes that are appropriate for me. Mm. They may not be hip hop influence, but no, I can't do the wild hairstyle. I'm, I'm I'm too old for that. Plus, I work in corporate America, so I have to have the corporate image. Uh-huh. You you know. And I have that damn pad. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so basically, you're a self-taught manager. Yes. You didn't go to school for this. No. And you piece this together. As you went along. Yes. Still learning. Mm-hmm. Still have lots to learn. There's a lot of other people out there locally that have a lot more knowledge than I do and a lot more connections than I do. However, I feel that as a person, if you want to get into the business, whether you've been trained to do so, or gone to school to do so, or not... All you have to do is apply yourself. You'll find the information out. You know, I was fortunate enough that Young knew a little bit about what he was talking about. And what he didn't know, the people that I know in California, the artists that I met in California and the producers that I met in California helped fill me in on the rest of it. And have given me a lot of good advice about how to handle things, how to pursue things, how to do things. You know, um, and, you know, I never quite got to the level I wanted to get to, but it doesn't say that I can't get to it if I don't want to try again at doing it. Right now, my main focus is corporate America right now because that's what's paying the bills. Because again, these artists that are here don't want to pay you for your time you know they just think that well I'll, I'll, I'll get you on the flip side when we're making money well honey on the flip side doesn't pay my bills I need to pay my bills now I need to eat now I need to put gas in my car now you know I'm just as hungry as you are you know I can't work for nothing you know and and The thing is, is, you know, with a little bit of time and a little bit of effort, if you want to be in the industry, whether you're an artist, whether you want to be a promoter, whether you want to be a manager or an A&R rep or whatever it is, if you put the time and effort into it and you take the time to learn it, whether it's informally or formally, you'll get somewhere. So, are you retired? Are you taking a sabbatical? Are you disgruntled? Um, or are those bills is just like, look, I ain't got time for this piddle paddle and you artist. My bills have dictated what I do. 
me and Youngin have definitely parted ways. Um, and that's fine because, you know, like I said, some artists are a little bit more difficult to work with than others. You know, and uh, eventually I'll probably get back into it. But right now I'm pursuing, you know, my bachelor's degree in management and, you know, just working on um, getting myself to a more stable place, you know, financially, you know. I mean, I'm... Aren't we all? Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm fortunate enough right now, knock on some wood, that I have a very decent corporate job. You know, and right now, you know, uh, my main focus, again, is, you know, going to school and getting my bachelor's in management, which will help with, you know, managing an artist, managing a group, or whatever the case might be. But, you know, I may not decide to do so much as managing, but maybe helping artists prepare themselves for the business aspect of music. Because what they don't realize is that there's a lot more that goes into it than just making the music itself and going to shows and performing and selling and selling their music online. Well, they don't understand that there's so much that they have to do with contracts. They have to pay their bills on time like everybody else. They have to make certain that if they're going to be distributing, you know, who, who are they, you know, having their distribution through and how are they going to get their money and, and so forth. These are some things that some of these younger artists haven't learned yet. I know older artists who haven't learned this. Yeah. have been in the game for 20, 15 years, you know. Um, you know, and, and it, it just in, in just brief discussions with them, you know, the uh, artist, well, the management part, is always like such a big issue because one where do you find a manager you know you, you go online I've done it you're right try to find one I see the uh, requirements for some some there's none you know it's very it's very confusing so as an artist where do I go where do I go well Definitely the first thing an artist should do is talk to other artists who do have managers and find out where they, where they, you know, contacted their manager and, and the information about their manager. But also, too, just even on Facebook, there's a lot of information out there. You know, um, there are different entertainment companies or, or so-called record labels, you know, independent record labels that are out there um, that are willing to do management-type duties for an artist. You know, um, in Pittsburgh, if anybody knows who Mr. Scrap is, he's always putting out there about what artists should do in regards to their careers and getting management and what they should do in order to get their music distributed. There's other guys like him who are constantly putting the information out there 
for it to be had. Whether or not anybody's looking at it or listening to it, I don't know. But definitely, I would say, you know, the, the first thing is, is talk to other artists who do have managers that are actually making some headway for them. You know, if their managers, you know, are able to take on additional artists, then so be it. If not, they might know somebody who can. You know, there's a lot of entertainment management companies here in Pittsburgh who are going to require the money. And that's one of the things is that some of these artists aren't willing to do. You can certainly get your friend or your girlfriend or your sex partner or your buddy or the guy down the street to help you out and be your manager in the beginning. But eventually you're going to need somebody um, who has just as, a, just as much ambition as you do in making the goals that you have set for yourself a reality. Long story short, so as a independent up and coming rookie rapper guy, I need halfway decent product, correct? Halfway, something, 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 something tangible. Something. You need product. I wouldn't say you need halfway decent because some of these artists that have come out lately, mm -hmm. They're not even decent. Okay. <laughs> so I need product um, and money. Money makes the world go round. And you have pretty much in this interview have mentioned money a lot and how artists don't want to put no money into this, into the management. And let alone, you know, as a manager, you're sending me over to photographer guy. I have to pay for him. You're sending me over here to uh, the video guy. I have to pay for him, right? Uh-huh. Okay, you're sending me over here because with the album, we need an album cover. Right. So I have to go over there. Right. You, you're going to send me to him. Right. Okay. So I need some money for that. Correct. Uh, let alone, you know, let's just say I want Just Blaze to produce my next track. I need Just Blaze money. Correct? You do. Or some producer that you found off the street so basically this has become an enterprise it is M music is not something that you just make and you become an instant hit mm -hmm. it is a business there is no way around it you have to make investments into your craft and into the business in order to make it succeed. You can't start a business on nothing. And you can't expect people to get in line and help you out with just promises. It's not gonna happen. Not in this day, not in this age. Also too, I forgot um, the promotion for all this stuff. Once you get all this stuff together, we have to advertise. Well, see, that's one of the things is, you know, as a manager, as a good manager, you'll sit down with your artist and, and let them know what type of a budget they'll, they'll need. And it's not like they'll need all this money right then and there at one shot, because this is something that 
You set a plan, you set goals, and you set a time frame. Is it going to happen overnight? No. You don't make music overnight. Some of, you, some of these guys, yes, can make music overnight, but some of these songs might take days, if not weeks, to make. Maybe months, some people years. You know, it, so it doesn't happen always overnight, but still, you know, there has to be a plan, and there has to be goals set, and everybody needs to know what the budget is so that they know what's going to be achieved when and how it's going to be achieved. But as a manager, that's like, yes, it's an employee situation where they should be, if they're working on with you, they should be getting paid like any other person that's an employee. You are, are, are a boss, essentially. Each one of these famous artists that are out there are essentially their own corporation. They run their own business and they have people who work for them who do various tasks, whether it's a makeup artist, a manager, a promoter, a publicist, a nanny, whatever. Mm -hmm. They all get paid for doing something. Do you think that they're going to work for those people if they say, well, you know, when my next record is released, then I'll give you 10% of it? N no. Where does this mindset come from that uh, the artists just think, uh, you know, they're just going to get something for free. Everybody's just going to jump off, jump on and live their dream. Um, I think some of it is a little bit of an arrogance. Some of these artists think that they're so hot that they can't be touched and they're going to be famous no matter what. Dude, you've been doing this for 10 years now. 10 years you know sometimes it takes time it does but if you look at some of these artists that are coming out especially some of these younger artists and you see the backstories on them you will see how much time and effort and money not only did they put into it but their families put into it this isn't something that just, like, they're like, snap and presto, here I am, I'm famous. You know, um, it's making the right connections, and sometimes it's even making a different move. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not getting the results that you want to get in the city that you're at, change cities. Really. You may not have to move. But you may have to change your locations in regard to who you choose to do business with as a producer, um, where you're making your music at, where your management team is at. Because sometimes it makes no sense to have management if you're living in the middle of Arkansas and you're trying to make it big in L.A. You need somebody in L.A. that knows what they're doing so that they, you, when you get out there, you already have your connections. You know, I mean, not to say that, you know, there aren't managers in, in, in these small towns, you know, or whatnot that don't have those connections, but you have to reach outside your comfort zone sometimes. You have to make those changes. You have to take the risk. Well, hell, well. 
I mean, forget about the moving risk. You know, because I've seen plenty of people move. They move. Yeah, I'm going to... Atlanta. Atlanta. New York, Florida. Yeah. L.A. Yeah, everybody makes these power jumps, you know, physically, but yet the results are still the same. The results are still the same because... It's like the, the, that one analogy where you, you're taking, you're moving from one pond to another. Mm-hmm. You might not, you might think you're a big fish in a small pond when you're here at home. And you make that leap over to another pond and you're not so big. Well, not only that, you're not so big, but there's a whole lot more out there than just you. You know, you went from, let's say, 50 people competing against you to now 500 people competing against you and that's where honing your skill and your craft comes in to set you apart from the others Mm. it's not what you're wearing it's not the amount of tattoos that you have or the holes you have in your ears or what it might be it's the the level of talent that you present when you go out there on stage and start performing and when people start hearing your music. So we're going back to product, the work that you put into the product, the uh, crafting of that product. There are people who can make music every day. And that music, not all of it is quality. Mm-hmm. Some of it is catchy. We'll catch on. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you look at any artist out there today when they first came out and you listen to their first album compared to what they're doing now, you will hear the growth, not only in their vocals, but in the level of skills in their music and production, but even in just their performances. You know, I I know so many guys, when they go to perform, they have their whole entourage up there on stage with them. For what? I don't know. Because they're not doing anything for you, but distracting the audience from hearing your music and seeing you. You know, it's one thing if you have the fellas that are up there who are on there that are on your track. But when you got, you know, guys that are up there who have nothing to do with the music, but they're just a hype man. At the question that sometimes, because sometimes your hype man can outshine you. Oh, the hype man is the uh, lost art of hip hop. It is, but sometimes, you know, I've, I've seen, seen, I've seen it, I've, I've seen artists completely just get lost on stage because their hype man took over. Hype man is supposed to hype up the audience for you, not take attention away from you. I'll say this because. People like my hype man skills, and I know how to do it. And uh, 
this is what I've seen. It's not so much the hype man took away from the art, from the artist. The artist never brought anything to begin with. That too. I'll and give the you, hype man is keeping that show float. I'll, I'll give you an example, though, of when it went wrong. I remember there was an artist performing. I don't remember his name because this was so several years ago, and I'm, my memory's bad. But I remember him performing and hit this hype man, which actually happened to have been his manager, got on stage and got the best mic that was there. Because, you know, they always do the sound check, and there's always one mic that sounds better than the others. Mm-hmm. He would not let go of this mic. And he was, he was up there hooting and hollering and yelling and whatnot. All in this mic. You could not hear the artist over him. Now, if he was a true hype man, he would have recognized this and said, handed the, the mic over to his artist. You know, and let the artist have the mic that had the better sound quality so that the people in the audience could hear him better and then take the other mic and just go ahead and just do what he had to do. Mm-hmm. That's a hype man gone wrong. And I remember it was the talk. Of, everybody was talking about it afterwards. They're like, yeah, do you remember so-and-so? Man, all you heard was him just hollering and stuff. You couldn't even hear his artist. And what was he doing up there anyhow? Why didn't he give this artist the, you know, the, the mic? And I'm like, I don't know. A good hype man's hard to find. They are. I mean, status will do it, but you got to pay him. I'm not paying status. Why not? See, you know what? I'm going to say this. See, I'm met. not paying status because I'm like that. But and she, as... And I, plus you know me. Right, okay. right. But, you know, as an artist, if you want a good hype man, yes, you do have to pay them just like anybody else. Okay. Are yeah. you going to pay them the same fee as you're paying your manager? No. No. But... They got to be paid and compensated appropriately. See, you know, see, we met after I put the mic down. So you've never seen me on stage. I know I haven't, and I need to see you on stage. I really do. Okay, it's an event. It is an event. And status is on stage. The status is a lot different than... Don't say my name. My, my other friend. Yeah, him. Him. You know, but I, I'm just saying, though, but <clears throat> so long story short, as, as we wrap this very uh, exquisite rule wrap episode, because it is, you know, because actually, you know, before we end, I would like to thank you for coming on. I know it took you a while to get me out here, huh? Well, you know, we, you know, we, we was busy doing other things. You know, yeah, like living corporate America, corporate America, um, bad timing, dysfunctional vehicles. Yeah, this ooh, dysfunctional vehicles and just having dinner. Dinner, dinner, yes, which we haven't done in a while. Yeah, so anyway. We'll get to that later. Well, I forgot my train of thought, but I was going to ask you. So basically, oh. <laughs> okay, long story short is this. Let, let's sum all this up. I'm artist guy. What do I need to do? Or, or artist chick. We don't discriminate on the show. As an up-and-coming artist, you need to do your homework, 
first and foremost. You need to figure out where it is you want to go and what you're going to need to do to get there and who you need on your team to do that. And do you have the financial means to do so? And I'm not saying because you don't have the financial means that you can't do it, because it can be done. The thing is, is that if you want the best of the best out there to represent you, you're going to have to pay some money towards it. However, if you do your homework, you save up your money, do your budget, plan accordingly, like anything, it can be done. It can be accomplished. You know, start talking with other artists, start talking with promoters, start talking with these different independent labels who are willing to help develop artists. There's a lot of independent labels out there that are willing to help develop artists in, in becoming better at their craft. And that's the, the key thing is development. Because, you know, unless you got 50 grand in your pocket and, you know, a lot of these big record labels really aren't going to want to sit down and talk to you because they want to know that you were going to put invest just as much as they are into it financially and, you know, in, in every way sense of the, you know, the word, you know, you, you, they're taking their time and energy. They want to make certain that you're going to take the same time and energy and effort to put forth to your own career. Smell burnt popcorn or something. It actually smells like burnt toast. Because, you know, I have um, some younglings. Younglings, yes. Yeah, I have younglings. That, um, now, see, I may be interested in taking on some younglings and... These dudes. Teaching them right. Hold up, before they even get to you, they gotta go through me. Okay, they're not even right on that level. You know, so like if I would bring them to you, no, you know I know. Well, see, we could work as a team together. Yeah, kinda. I would, you know, I'm just gonna get them halfway right. Be like, here you go, Jackie. I'm out. Thank you. I'm gonna go hide. See, I would, I, I would like to get an artist who is really, truly just starting out, who's really hasn't even developed their own. That. You know, it, it, I, I want to be able to be one of those ones that be standing in the background, you know, whipping their asses into shape, sort of say, putting them through boot camp. I got that. You know. I got a couple. <laughs> I, I you, but here you go. And I want 10% when you get, get big. Because I brought them to you. Well, you Finder's feet. <laughs> we'll work on that. We will. We will have to work on that. Because like I said, right now, you know, my plate is pretty full with school and corporate America, but we'll discuss this offline. All right. we'll, 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 we'll see what we can do to whip them into shape and make some connections for them. It's time for you to do the knowledge, because you got it now. Now you got to do it. Everything said in this podcast lecture series is that of Miss Jackie Reed and Dan's status. Yeah. Don't worry about where she is on the internet. She don't want to be bothered. She's don't doing things. So we're just going to exit real quick out the building. Thank you for listening once again. Yeah. So today's musical selection is the instrumental entitled Little Accordion by DJ Hellblazer. And Soul Chemistry 7 from the album Synoptic International. 
Volume 13, Cure Dopeness. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke something, drink something, poke something, whatever something you like to do. I'm Dan Status. Follow me on YouTube. And this is Real Rap.